Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, joining me this evening, we've got Johnny McGinty. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening, how are we doing? He sent me a picture of uh, himself dressed as a Victorian servant earlier today. I did, yep. I had a lovely day today. School with, trip was brilliant. Yeah. I was going to say with the uh, authentic authentic Victorian lanyard as well. <laughs> but, you know, I'll tell you... Um, very quickly, I do a little uh, lesson whenever I go to a new school about it's like a getting to know me lesson, and I get the kids to I'll, I'll put up two options about me, and I'll get them to guess which one they think is the right one. And it's a bit of like so they get to know some facts about me, and then also so I can, at the end I could be like, ah, you see, that's why you shouldn't judge people based on when you meet them. Um, and one of them is, do you think I'm a rugby coach or a scout leader? Uh, and I'm always like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say about this. Uh, and I was like, right, some someone who said they, this was last week at the start of my new school. I said, someone who someone who put their arm up to say that you think I'm a, I'm a rugby coach. Tell me why that is. And this little boy at the front who uh, discovered later plays for our primary five team went, <laughs> you're, wear, you're wearing a Howard Five lanyard and I see you at training every week. Like, great. okay, well, good. That's the mystery of that one. Finally ruined. I guess we'll think of a new question. It's good that he's observant, though. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we we at some point we're going to be joined by Craig Manson, who is who is returning from training. So you've got Johnny and I for the moment. We are live at the moment on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, we're also live on our uh, super secret social media page for our patrons. If you want to sign up for the Patreon, it's three pounds a month. patreoncom slash Podcast. Um, that will get you a bonus weekly episode and uh, access to the live stream as well. Um, so you can do that. If you listen to the podcast, you can listen to it on the Patreon app. Um, you can also listen to the normal podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you can find podcasts. We will be there. Um, there's been, uh, Johnny, it's this, I mean, we, we've knocked this back to Thursday. And even normally when we used to do it earlier in the week, I'd always be like there's no news this week i don't know what i'm gonna we could talk about yeah there's the women's games a bit super six and there's been the urc but apart from that and then all the news happened at once today (laughs) yeah it's quite handy actually it is good it was like it's almost it's almost as if the sru knew that we we'd put the podcast back by a day and we're waiting to (laughs) waiting to release all the press releases um the main bit of news is we now know who scotland have got for the um for the open test series that's been announced um to some controversy which we'll get on to so four fixtures as is tradition these days for scotland uh because one we can we can fill murray fields for four games where we used to struggle to do it for three uh so we've got scotland versus australia on saturday the 29th of october and that's a 5 30 p.m kickoff we'll come back to that one scotland <laughs> v fiji then saturday the 5th of november kickoff at one then it's the All Blacks on Sunday the 13th of November at 2.15 and Argentina Sunday the 19th of November at 3.15. All matches will be broadcast on Amazon Prime. So we know, again, the, the first time I think in ages, or I think the first time since they left the BBC or the council telly, we kind of have some certainty about where the games are going to be. And I like Amazon's yeah. I'll be honest, I like Amazon's coverage because... Yeah, I'm just going to say this. They've got the best uh, commentary and punditry team by quite yeah. a long way. And I, I know like it upsets some people because everyone thinks it should all be free to air or whatever. But the teams the last two years in the autumn on Amazon have been 
significantly better than any of the BBC or ITV coverage. And, and what I would say is, if you have Amazon already, then it doesn't matter because you're already paying for it because you're paying for your free deliveries or whatever, you, you'll get access to Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon and you time it right, you, you always get a free trial for the first month anyway. So yep. it's pretty much free to air, really, unless you've done something daft like cancel your Amazon within the last month of then signing up for it again. Yeah. We've just signed up for a free trial for a month. <laughs> I only cancelled it two it. months ago. Because it's handy. Yeah. Well, we, we 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 don't need as many kind of things urgently to the door anymore because our kids are a bit older. When the kids were little, yeah, it was absolutely. You, know, you need just needed baby wipes the next day. Yeah, you'd be amazed how much stuff I need to order for school as well. Yeah, which so, so yeah, it's so yeah. I don't. I, I agree with you, and also I think the 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 match packages as well, particularly afterwards, that you get you go back into it. It's a little bit. I would say that if you want to watch the game back, it's a little bit spoilery when you go in. To the package yeah. afterwards because it, it does kind of indicate who the first. If you if you quick, you might spot that there's been some tries and that's about it. Yeah. But if you've watched the game, or even if you manage to avoid the spoilers, there's then it's great because you can watch each and you can just watch the tries or the penalties. Yeah. You can watch an extended highlights package. You can watch the shortened highlights package. Yeah, they're, get, they're like, good at what they do. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's more like what you get, I think, in the that's more what you tend to get, I think, on the US. It, the US was something like NFL, right? That you get yeah, definitely, yeah. You can select the individual scores, you can in, and it's yeah, it's yeah. what I think. If that's, you pay and you pay a lot more, like um an NFL game pass uh, costs about two hundred or two hundred and fifty quid for a season. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's what you get. So you get like all the games live, you can choose your game, uh, you get the condensed highlights you get the extended highlights you get the score only highlights um you also get a thing where they where they just show the game and they show you everything that happens in the game but they take out all the stoppages <laughs> which is <laughs> really good yeah um and obviously for an nfl game then then that means it lasts exactly an hour yeah whereas a, a rugby a, i mean if they were to do that for the rugby one you get through a game in like 35 minutes yeah, true. Because <laughs> there's like in the NFL, if the ball stops, the clock stops. Rugby's a little bit different. So if they're going to cut out everything where nothing's happening, we'd never get, get a game in half an hour. Never, <laughs> nobody'd ever go home. <laughs> um, I also like the fact that during pandemic, Amazon was was the only one that gave you the option to turn off the crowd noise as well. Yes, which is really good for fans of swearing. Yes. <laughs> the should we talk about the Australia game then? Because that's weird, right? Yeah, it really is. Game. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to to give too much away before we get to the Patreon, but I was really struggling for a hands in the rock today until those fixtures got announced. So, so you can give us a clean version of the rant now. You see, I just the so there's two things that I really don't understand about it. One is that's the five o'clock kickoff, so that's the lights out game. Yep, and that is like I am blue in the face over the last decade or whatever telling people that the lights out game at Murrayfield is one of the best sporting spectacles i've ever been to and like i've been to nfl games i've been to major league baseball games in america been to loads of internationals football internationals all sorts of stuff and the lights out game at Murrayfield, the last one i went to was 2017 the all blacks when dodie yeah. brought the match ball out and it honestly was like the most electric atmosphere i've ever experienced in my life and Doing that 
with half a team against Australia outside the window, I just don't understand. So, but I was thinking about, but I was thinking about this, and I don't. Obviously, you lost Finn Russell. You're not going to have Finn Russell. You aren't going to have. I mean, Johnny Gray so is so nailed I've on thought, these days. I've li- I I went through it and listed it right. Okay. From from the front back, people who are either sort of squad regulars or were in a match day twenty three in this year's Six Nations, who were now not going to have for that Australia game, Rory Sutherland, Johnny Gray, Andy Christie, Magnus Bradbury, Ben White, Finn Russell, and Adam Hastings, Cam Redpath, Chris Harris, Duhan van der Merwe, Stuart Hogg. That's a lot of players to be missing. Yeah, it is. To be fair, when you put, I mean, some of those are, some of those are dispensable, but some of those, I think. Oh, and Alan Dell, who was also in all the the match. That's we're screwed now against Australia. Alan Dell's not available. Now, yeah, like admittedly, I, I forgot about him for a reason, but when you start adding them all together, you know, it's significant. I mean, I think the. If you're looking at it through the lens of not who we would pick, but who Townsend's likely to pick, though, you're probably down Finn and Finn Duhan in the hog. Harris. Uh, Harris as well, yeah, true. So there's four key players and all yeah. in the backs as well. Yeah, that's that's what four lions, three test lions. Mm-hmm. You're missing a lion in the front row. Yeah. It's a lot. It is. It is a lot, and it's a lot to ask people to pay for that. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's the other concern. I think is it defeats the purpose of a lights out game if it's not sold out. Yeah, and and with with all of them missing, there's potential for that to be a disaster against Australia. I wonder how much people will feel cheated by that as well. Who actually go? Because I mean, we know this around international time. It, it, it not everybody follows rugby religiously kind of January through December, people will only kind of dip it. And we know that happens with our listener figures. We get big peaks during the international windows, mainly mainly Six Nations and then November. So there will be people that will rock up to the Australia game, will literally sit down in their seats and be like, where's Finn Russell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, they'll sell it on the back of, of all the stuff they do on the late kickoff, you know, with the fireworks and all that. Because it is amazing. It's incredible. Mm. And to, to like... To buy it on the back of all that, and then get there and realise that the what five of our eight lions are missing. Yeah, but Jack Dempsey will be at eight, so that'll be worth the admission. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, when does he become eligible? Because, like, is he eligible in October or is it November? I don't is know. Is he going to miss Australia? I know it's I know it's the autumn test. He's eligible for the autumn test. I assume he I assume that well, I assume he probably played the that presumably means he played his last game for Australia in the rugby championship, I would think. Yeah, which would be just before the window. Uh, I'm sure it says on his Wikipedia page when his last game was. Made his, was it a World Cup? In fact, was it not the World Cup? It was the World Cup. Uh, in which case, that's September. Should be okay. Yeah. So potentially, Jack Dempsey could be eligible for. Well, that's all we want. 
that's that's probably yeah. Why we want him to play against Australia, isn't it? Really, it's ultimate crap housing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, we, we, we've, we've scheduled this match just to tie Jack Dempsey and we're <laughs> doing it against against Australia. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I always kind of I don't know. I think it's a good um, it's a good bunch of games. I think it's a good set of tests. Yeah. Because, yeah, some really good ones in there. You know, we were always kind of feel like we were always scratching around. Of you get two big, you know, five year, few years ago, what we get two of the big names, and then you'd get a Tonga. But now we're yeah. regularly getting three of the big teams plus yeah, another. Yeah, I think I think Fiji and Argentina are two really good ones for our for our sort of outside of the big name games. Yeah. Because the other thing this week, there's in all the news, is that they've also announced the the, the details of the tour to Argentina. Because we knew they were touring mm-hmm. Argentina this summer, they've kind of like finalised the fixtures and stuff. And that's going to be interesting. I think there was somebody. Sorry, I don't apologies because I can't remember who it was who was on our Patreon um, social media group had said um, that um, Jamie Ritchie's confirmed he's not going to be fit. Yeah, until the last one. So I think it's unlikely that. He'll go on tour because why would you drag him out on tour for? I mean, Gregor Townsend has done Stranger Things, but I wouldn't imagine he'd be dragged out on tour yeah, as a walking like carrier. So I don't know. We've talked about this before. But that's going to be interesting. What they do with the Argentina tour? Yeah, because it, it leaves a question about who's going to be the captain. Mm. Because I think we could be fairly certain that it's not going to be Stuart Hogg. But I don't think he'll go on tour. No. And I think the excuse will be, and I think the same with Finn, and I think it will be they're not coming on tour because they've played a lot of rugby and they had the Lions last year. Yeah. Even though it's also, yeah. they're not coming on tour because they were not even went out for a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and like, and we need to at least be seen to be exploring our options when it comes to both of them, I think. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're changing anything, but, but I would be looking at, or at least looking like we're exploring what's there. Um, I don't think Ali Price needs to go, who's another no. person who's an option for captain. Craig's not here, so I guess we could say Grant Gilchrist. Yeah, that's, that's who it'll be. That would be, be my Grant. bet. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, Shall we talk about the URC this weekend then? Do, do, you to... Want to, do you want to? Do you want to? What do you want to just mention that Ember had to? I mean, yeah, to I do want to mention that. Yeah, do you want to know Craig's not here? I'd rather no. I'd rather wait till he is here. Okay, let's talk about Glasgow. So you'd rather talk yeah. about Glasgow than you would do about Ember having a snatch of a win against Ember. Oh no, I'm going to talk about that. I just want to make sure Craig's here to listen. Okay, um, fine. Yeah, do you know, I tweeted about two thirds of the way through the first half on Friday night, that Glasgow's breakdown in the first half was incredible on Friday. Like, the best I've seen it in a long time. Jack Dempsey and Ollie Kebble in particular, but actually pretty much everyone, were fantastic. And we were in that game, but it then had a real, real hint of, like, that was the best that we had, and then the Stormers just kind of soaked it up and then moved up a gear and we couldn't keep up with them. Damien Valencia was ridiculous, though. Yeah, I yeah it uh, Glasgow played probably better than the score suggests. I thought it was, I thought it was an odd choice 
for Glasgow to put up a tweet this weekend comparing Rory Darge's performance to Hamish Watson's. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought, this isn't the week to do that, lads. I know ticket sales for the 1872 might be slow, but you've just been housed 30, 37 <laughs> by the Stormers. I know Rory yeah. Darge had a good game, but this probably isn't the time. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. I mean... His numbers are better. <laughs> yeah, but we did we that. did get we did get a fair kick in. Um, he actually he played well again, and you're right. I do think you know that that score makes it look like we got we got battered, which we did on the scoreboard. But they they scored two or three quite quickly towards the end of the game as well. Mm. Um, it's just wonder, classic Glasgow. They just can't for some reason if the if a game starts to get away from them, they they can't claw it back. So if we if we're if we're starting to lose around about the 60-minute mark, then we're going to lose by about 15 or 20 points. And it's happened three or four times this year. Yeah. I wonder how much being on tour affects that as well. Because yeah. that's you know, it's not just away from home. It's away from home for a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I, to be honest, I, I do kind of like the way that they're, they're treating it like a proper tour. Edinburgh and Glasgow, actually, both um, announced their touring squads. Mm. On, on Twitter, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then they're like doing little bits of Instagram videos from inside their training camps and stuff. And they are like, they're acting like they're on a proper tour rather than just being away for a couple of weeks to play these games. I felt sorry for Rob Harley having to, uh, the, the, the amount of sunscreen that, that lad's going to have to get through. <laughs> <laughs> there was a video of him just smearing himself all over. <laughs> Is that the first time he's ever been in South Africa? Well, I no, he, he played in South Africa stuff. in that the quadrilateral tournament. Do you remember that? that oh one with God, yeah. Samoa, South Africa. In fact, was it not just Samoa, South Africa, and us? And they still told that the quadrangle tournament. Yeah, that does ring a bell, actually. Yeah, he was on that too. I think that was one of his first tours to Scotland, actually. So he's been to South yeah. Africa before with Scotland. Yeah. And yeah, and he, with he, Glasgow to play the cheetahs and stuff as well. I yeah, that was a thing. He probably was also in the squad for that really horrible game where we had to call up Adam Ash from his the McPhail scholarship. Oh, that God. time, yeah. that was Vern Cotter's first summer too. Yes, we got beat fifty something by South Africa in South <laughs> Africa. After it was really weird too that because it was like we're going to tour, we're going to play um, Canada and America, and North America. Fine, we're going to then go to Argentina. Fine, but then we're just going to fly to South Africa for some reason to play a one-off yeah, game. Made no sense. I like we seem to be at um I guess that if it's maybe like a COVID hangover thing where people are trying to get money back and stuff, we seem to be back into the era of weird and pointless summer tours. Like what are yeah, Wales we... doing playing three tests against South Africa the year after the Lions have been there in South Africa? I feel that like we've a been... recipe for a disaster. What's up saying is we've been cheated out of our South our New Zealand All Blacks tour. Because that yeah. was supposed to be the year of COVID. That was going to be Scotland's year to tour New Zealand. Yeah. Fight, you know, after kind of a couple of decades. But yeah, we've lost that now. So we've got Argentina. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get it again soon. Which is going to be weird. I mean, Argentina's going to be weird because the, the, the Jaguar, the Jaguar, I keep wanting to say the Haguares, but that's the mascot. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's and just... you know, they're playing in weird places. Um, I've got the email from the SIU here that says where they're playing. They're but... playing so in Huhai, Salta, and Santiago del Estero. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> that's a weird, yeah. That's a weird, those are weird places to go and play. Unless yeah. they just don't have the, well, presumably though, if if they don't, they would have played international games at the stadium where the Jaguars played. Oh, yeah. And they don't have that anymore. So now they're just scratching around trying to find some stadiums yeah, around yeah. the country they can play in. Be interested to see if they are also going to go and play in Santiago because they, they keep saying they're going to play Chile this year. But I don't mm. know if that means they played four games in summer. Yeah, possibly. And presumably that means it's just basically dragging everybody back from Europe. Yeah. Yeah, because the first Argentina one's like the 2nd of July. Mm-hmm. So the Premiership final's not until the middle of June. Yeah. Maybe they've just That's... stitched Chile up and they're not going to play them after all. Yeah. Um, it would be a shame because like Scotland do things like remember when we went to Australia a few years ago and we, we stopped in Suva and played Fiji well we got beaten by Fiji is what happened Johnny I mean I, I didn't want to talk about <laughs> that much detail to be honest I wanted to take the credit of the fact that Scotland are one of the few countries who actually do like will stop in a tier 2 country stop yeah. in and play Fiji and talked about stopping in to play Chile and stuff it, it's a shame if we've talked about it and, and it kind of and not, sounded and like not it was, done it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like it was almost a done deal. So maybe it'll start happen. It might do. It might maybe just kind of finalizing it. Um, I'm back to Glasgow then. You're not getting away from it that easy. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, if John was here, he'd probably be having another Danny Wilson rant. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get away from them at, at this stage because something is obviously going badly wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same sort of things. You know, we can't close out a game and we don't seem to have a plan B. We don't... If if we don't go ahead in a game, we don't know what to do. I've just been saying we. I hate that. When Glasgow don't go ahead in a game, yeah. we don't know what to do. And but this comes back to me. We've talked about this so many times now about just... It's mental, right? And I, I, I don't mean Ooh. that. It's it's mental that they do. It's more. It's it is a it's, it's a mental it's, problem. It's a mental problem. Yeah. It's it there and and it has been for Glasgow pre Danny Wilson as well. It's you know you look at some of the stuff that's come out, and I know there's players with it. You know, Adam Ash came out and said oh, there's nothing. I I I never had a problem with the way Dave Rennie or the club treated me. I was fine. But then you had Matt Smith talking about how he was treated, and I think there is something underlying there. That, that hasn't been addressed now for a while is that Glasgow lack a mental resilience to, like I said, when they fall behind, the heads tend to go and the discipline has always been a problem, I think, over the last few years as well. Yeah, that's and I don't know if thing. this is maybe something that's that's come from, from the time that Finn Russell was there because it's... A lot of what goes wrong with Glasgow is what also still goes wrong with Finn, where if they're having fun, everything's fine. As soon as it stops being fun, then the sky's falling every single time. So if we get ourselves into a scrap where we can't... I'm doing it again. If, if Glasgow end up in a, in a game where they can't do like Glasgow things and they can't throw it around because it's a close game and they're having to grind it and then they start going behind and then they really can't chuck it around then they start to lose their heads and they start to give away stupid penalties. And they just, from that point, they just never look like they're going to get back into the game. And then that's when they end up losing by about 15 points. Yeah. 
And it's almost like nobody's ever addressed that issue at Glasgow. Nobody's ever taken a step back and said, what, what do we do to resolve this? How, how do we turn this around? What work do we need to do with the players as a player group? And I think there is something in the captaincy of Glasgow, I think, is an issue because I think Ryan Wilson's a liability. Yeah. I think when they had, um, oh, who did they have before? Oh, they unceremoniously dumped him um, from New Zealand. Oh, Calm Gibbons. When they yeah. had Calm Gibbons. I think he was a bit of a steadying, inf- steady- a steadying influence. I think. Yeah, because him and Wilson did kind of co-captain. Yeah, I don't like co-captain. I think she's just given it to Gibbons, to be honest. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I just think that, I think they need a new captain. Yeah, like I think it- undoubtedly, I'm sure you've said it before, like, like Wilson is undoubtedly a good club leader and a good like social leader. He's probably great to be in charge of the boys who are in South Africa. But on the field, you don't want your captain punching people unless they really deserve it. You don't put the social secretary in charge of the bus timetable, do you? No, exactly. Yeah. The social secretary is there to make sure everyone's having fun and enjoying themselves. They're not there. Yeah, but she undoubtedly does really well. Yeah, absolutely. But you and you and he could do that adequately without then having to deal with any of the practical stuff that needs to happen from a captain. Yeah. He could he could be the he could be the one to get in the shots, but he shouldn't be the one that works out do you know what time the trains everyone needs to get on to get there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I st- I still think that Ali Price is probably the best choice for Glasgow captain. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And you probably do, but I think the problem is you need someone that, well, actually in an ideal world, world in the URC, we're not really supposed to have, yeah, not, we're not supposed to have uh, crossover national games anyway, but here we are. Yeah. We'll wait and see what happens. Craig's joined us. Hello, Craig. Just in time. Hi, how are we doing? Um, we're just about to talk about Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm very good. We've just finished talking about Glasgow and never getting on to the second URC game of the of Friday evening. Oh, so I can't talk about um, Glasgow. We still have time, Craig. You, well, yeah, do you want to talk about that, Craig? We still got time. We just finished how, up. how they they absolutely collapsed under the pressure of being in South Africa and having to pay for things in a different pound and a different currency and stuff like that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. Actually, I don't know why. I apologise. <laughs> no, that's that's more or less exactly what we were just saying. Is uh, just, Glasgow was just, for... just like capitulated. Yeah, yes. Just, just for everyone who's uh, who's who's listening, uh, Johnny has been absolutely and utterly trying to bait me all week about the <laughs> Edinburgh Zebra game to try and take away from uh, me, uh, trying to stop me to slag slagging off Glasgow. And I have, I haven't said anything about Glasgow apart from they completely capitulated. But that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's talk uh, about your comprehensive dismantling of Zebra then. Oh, hang on. I, the, the thing is, this is this is, and this is what you know. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, I was watching the game. Uh, I couldn't make it, unfortunately, because um, uh, I was uh, looking after. I was on family duties, etc. And um, 
I was watching the game and I was swearing and I was I was uncomfortable and it wasn't you know there were, there was things that went wrong and I wasn't but to be honest we've come away with five points and there's no more points to get we couldn't have done any more so yes it was a bit squeaky bum time and uh, and and we and and it has been covered over on social media and also on throughout the media about how. Edinburgh really weren't that well prepared that week, but we came away with five points, and you know that's what we needed to come away with. There you go, job done, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know I'd like to be fair, they they did get five points. Uh, it's just a lot more fun to talk about exactly how they got to end up with five points. <laughs> For me, there you know, by the, the, by, in the comments, five points, Johnny. <laughs> by the, by the, all I'm going to say is by the 78th minute at Scotston, uh, Glasgow were 30 points ahead of Zebra and didn't need a last minute penalty to win the game. How we had our five points seven... wrapped up within about 45 minutes. How were they doing after 78 minutes against the Stormers, though? <laughs> yeah, the, the Stormers are what John would call a proper team. Yeah, and I think, I think, how do let me think, I think we scored exactly the same points as they did the last time we played them, actually. And then, yeah, and then, you uh, them. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did, you know. So, um, so yeah, and and also Edinburgh have come home from from uh, from South Africa, being the first URC team to beat a South African side. In they South have Africa. actually, to be fair. Well, and I'll tell you what, it might not have been Leinster's first choice team, but the Sharks did an absolute number on them on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Although what? I think. I think- I think the SRU should just start paying me and Craig because we do a much better job of manufacturing the Edinburgh Glasgow rivalry than the two official Twitter accounts. Do, I, think. <laughs> I just can't be doing with that pish. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's a, I'll, I'll allow it. You'll allow it. That's okay. <laughs> well, that's it. We'll probably talk about that hands in the rock, but yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think what's more worrying really now for Edinburgh is I think we're at a stage where, you know, hopefully we've had, the, we'll have the reaction and I would I would expect um, us to have a fairly strong game against Ulster um, and, and fabulous to hear that the dam is virtually sold out now, which is for Ulster, which is going to be absolutely fantastic, and uh, a big thank you goes out to all the Edinburgh fans and the fans that have come along to that have come along, those that have come along for the first time um, to experience just how good the dam is. Um, so it's great to see that. But also, my only real concerns are our injury list at this moment in time because you know that's um, Montoya, I think, is out, um, and we've got our two South African front rowers. Um, Linda Bruin and um, oh, I knew I was going to forget one of them. Bo Inventor. Bo Inventor. Um, who are That's both your pop card taken away. Yeah, I know. Um, so we, we have got some concerns there, but it is going to give the younger guys um, a little bit a little bit more time. So yeah, um, should be good. 100 extra tickets, as Johnny's just said in the private chair. Who's cancelled to get that many tickets freed? I'm reckoning some big corporate do. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, they, it was on the Edinburgh Twitter today. We've had a group cancellation, and we've now got a hundred tickets for the main stand. So who's got a hundred tickets? You'll probably find it'll be a it'll be a um, someone coming over from from Ulster. It'll be Ulster sponsors who have 
It'll probably oh, uh, probably cancelled, um, and uh, they'll not be coming or something like that. You know? I'll tell you what, most are running scared. <laughs> for all the unfairness <laughs> and stuff that people had at the start of the URC, and and you know we talked about it being a weird experiment and stuff. Um, South, South Africa's shaking it up a fair bit, yeah. and we're we're now talking about what two games left, and I think there's about eight or ten teams. Who could end up basically in any order at the top? Well, well I was looking at that. I was just going to say that now because it's. I thought Glasgow and Edinburgh were maybe at risk of not making the quarters, but actually, it's what well, it's really tight. Actually, from ninth upwards, like Scarlets are on a ninth on forty three, then Bulls an eighth on forty eight, Edinburgh seventh forty nine, Glasgow sixth on fifty, then Ulster and Sharks and Munster are all on fifty one points. Storm was on fifty-two, and then Leinster on sixty-one. I mean, Leinster are going to top the ta- the the table, yeah. the kind of normal table. But so between what between there's ten points less than ten, but eight points between the Scarlets in ninth and the Stormers in second. Yeah, and what's that? That's 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 a that's two bonus point wins back to back. Yeah, and, it and means that losses. there could be no, a fair amount at stake at the eighteen seventy-two, which is. Very exciting. I I think yeah, it is exciting. I think you're probably looking at whether or not you you potentially whether or not you're in a home or yeah. away. I mean, like realistically, I think that that both Edinburgh and Glasgow have a have a better, not a better chance, more likely to lose than win this weekend. The, yeah. Those are two tough, tough games this weekend, and then. It could come down to the eighteen seventy two, and whoever takes the points from that ends up in one of the much much better quarterfinal spaces. Excellent. Or one, or it might even. Come, and we're if, all going, aren't if we? Scarlets, if Scarlets get, we're all going. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cammy, get off the pitch. Leave him alone. <laughs> get off him. Cammy. Show me. I'm just, just, I'm just waiting on my. I'm just waiting on my doors. Daddy, what's Cammy doing to Flinty? <laughs> no lesson he deserves, Craig. That's what I'm doing. No don't lesson worry, he deserves. That's not really Flinty. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, that's not the real Just Flinty. Just there punching him going, Silent Green is people! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, it's going to be interesting because I, I think um, what, what one thing I would say we, we, that Edinburgh kind of showed at the, uh, at the weekend um was that the nine, ten, twelve pick is fairly is going to is very much the key to Edinburgh. Um, they looked a little bit um, like they struggled a fair bit. Blair Kinghorn struggled with other people around him rather than Lang and um, and and um, uh, Ben Velico. So it was quite interesting to watch that. Um, I think it's they've got themselves in a rhythm in that nine, ten, twelve. So it should be interesting to see, it's a what who we get, what you know, what, what team sheet comes out tomorrow, um, and then especially when we go up against uh, Glasgow, how we're going to deal with that one as well. Because again, I think it's going to be, it's either going to be incredibly turgid against Glasgow, where we just it's just a kick fest, and it's just you know, no, you have the ball and see what you can do. That no, you have the ball. Um, or it's or Mike Blair's going to stick to his guns and, and we're going to come out throwing the ball about, you know. It'll be really interesting. I'm 79th minute, Dunkey, we a drop goal. That's what I'm putting it down to. 
<laughs> well, we could we could we could do with it. We could do with that. Do a donkey weir for us for a, a 79th minute kick over the last time that we, I think the last time we won against Ulster. I think he did that for yeah, did. at the Kings at the Kings fan. Um, so uh, you know um, when he was playing for us, but uh, I think yeah. the thing, yeah, the thing that worries me is potentially depending on how Scarlet and Bulls get on this weekend, and I don't know who they're playing, but. You're potentially going into the 1872, not just for who's going to get the better quarterfinal, but for who's going into the quarterfinal. Yeah. Because if Glasgow and Edinburgh lose, both lose this weekend and Bulls and Scarlets win, then it's going to be it's going to be uh, very tight. Do you, do you want to know who Bulls are playing this weekend? Who? I actually should have known this already. It's Glasgow. It's Glasgow, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we had the Lions, but no, it's the Bulls. No, it's the, it's the Bulls, Bulls, yeah. Uh, and Scarlets are playing Ospreys. We well, see. I think Ospreys will take that one because Ospreys look pretty good against uh, against uh, Cardiff. Yeah, Ospreys. Ospreys seem to have a habit of raising their game for when they're playing the other regions or the other competitive ones. They don't bother against the Dragons. <laughs> Does anybody well, bother against the Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> now that now that um, Alan Jones has uh, has embraced his boldness and he isn't going for the comb over all the time, I think he's decided that he's just going to play this out. So he's no, he's, he's being strong. forced. To, he's being forced to play in the uh, URC <laughs> in Pro Fourteen games. Yeah, <laughs> he's not getting protected anymore. Yeah. Okay. Anything or more on the URC? Don't think so. No. Okay, we'll talk. We, 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 there is some URC news of an announcement of some sort, but I suspect we're probably going to go into that <laughs> when we discuss the next thing, which is Scotland versus uh, Italy. Then, oh, um, actually, while we're on the URC, because we, we didn't very quickly cover uh, the other bit of news, which is that Nathan Bombris has got to be in charge of Rugby Canada. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's just to be because he missed Canada, though. Yeah. Like, I can't see any other reason. I guess it's pro. Uh, I was going to say, I guess it's probably fun, but I don't think being in charge of Canada right now is fun because they're in a, the, the men are in absolute free fall and the women are taking them all to court. So, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. I was going to say, first, <laughs> what's the entry looking like? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we've got this report of like harassment from the women's team, and the men's team currently sit. 354th in the world. <laughs> oh man, it'll be interesting, mind you. At least, at least he, we're not Spain, I suppose. He'll not be paid. They'll, they'll, they'll have uh, Kingsley Jones's uh, monthly Skype subscription off the book <laughs> now. He's, um, he's, um, what's his name still out there though? Former Wales attack coach. Oh, um, Howley. 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 Howley not. I think Howley Howley Howley. Howley. Yeah. I th- was it was he not USA? I thought it was USA. Is it, it Canada? No, he was in it was Canada he went to. At least he's got all the red stuff that he just needs to scratch the badge out. Because <laughs> 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 he'll need the money, obviously. Because uh he needs to stay away anyway. from, he needs to stay away from scratches, that's his problem. <laughs> um <laughs> so we'll we'll find out where Rob Howley is. If anyone knows where Rob Howley is, let us know. Get in touch. <laughs> Rob, if you're listening, get in touch. Let us know. Hope okay. Um, right, we're talking about Scotland, Italy then. Um, 
let's deliberately park the discussion where we're going to go on a rant about funding for women's rugby to like the second yeah. half of this discussion tonight. But we're going to have to talk about it because it's come up a lot. Mm. But the frustrating thing, Craig, I think was, and you said this in the group chat, was just that the, the, it was the basics letting them down. Mm. And um, yeah, this... I suppose there's, there's two reasons why the basics can let you down. Is one is you're not spending enough time on it in training, which is uh, your time in training, or they're not being taught right at grassroots level. But I think as Rory, you know, Rory put the question in the group chat saying, "Well, have these this set of women been through the mini section?" I think you pointed out, "Well, they probably would have been. They probably would have come through. Most of them would have come through." some sort of system they haven't kind of landed although i think rona lloyd might have been about 16 when she kind of first picked up you know properly started playing but mm. it it the basics i think are when you're not doing the basics well i mean the part of it i suppose is just is it a kind of mental thing that it's just you're under pressure and then they go or is it down to that you if you're not you just can't execute them because you're not practicing them enough um, I think uh, the, the practicing side of things, I think, is the is the biggest problem. Um, I think it's if it, you know, and we, you know, I, I promised myself I was coming on tonight, and I wasn't going to talk about funding until a little bit later. I was going to talk about everything else. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, when you're only thinking about rugby, and especially during, especially when you you hit camp before the Six Nations, all the way up to the Six Nations and through the Six Nations, um, you should be concentrating on on um, rugby every day of the week and have a couple of days, you know, well, apart from your days off. Um, the issue I felt myself, well, first of all, Italy were very, very strong in defence and very physical. Um, they, they shut us down very, very quickly. And that goes back to our passing didn't seem to be accurate or quick enough. Our play through 9, 10, 12 was, was ponderous at times. Um, and for me, I think, that's watching it, you know, whenever, we, whenever they got pushed hard by the defence, that's where the mistakes came in. Um, and I also felt that You can hear you now. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was poster effect. Yeah. Like yeah. Then there was a point which I was I'm going to have to go and I'm, I'm going to have to go and get my, my kids back onto the uh, the electric bicycles to to power up the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the the and I'm not I'm at home as well. It's not like I'm in a hotel. Um, the issue I felt was one of the bigger issues was the fact that the players that have been around for the longest were the ones that didn't play as well mm-hmm. or, or folded under the pressure a little bit more than the new crop of players that are coming through. Yeah. And we've talked about that before, though, haven't we, Johnny? That there is an element, I think there will be, you know, and this is true of the men, This we've said this is true of some of the men's team as well, that I think there has to be a bit of a hangover from what was happening to the Scotland team, you know, uh, 
pre-COVID, let's say, where every Six Nations they might give one of the teams a scare, but generally they were, you know, they were losing against the likes of Spain, which I don't think they would do now. Just mean, and they would lose badly against Italy. And actually, that game was really close. I think there maybe is that element of fear that hangs over the more experienced players of we've been here before and it's not been a nice place and actually the outcome has been pretty bad and maybe lacking that little, you know, we've said that Stuart Hogg before, that that little bit of trust and that little bit of kind of confidence that it's, yeah. it's if you stick to your systems, it's going to turn out all right. Yeah, and I think, to be honest as well, with the performances that some of those players have put in, and you know, as, as Craig says, they're not concentrating on rugby full-time, they'll be tired. Like, you know, after the Wales game, we talked about Lana Skeldon carrying like an absolute monster for 80 minutes from the front row. And then she was, yeah, she was a little bit off the boil on Saturday night. Um, You know, we've talked about how great Jade Conkle's been for the last three or four weeks. And then she was a little bit off the boil on, on Saturday. But when you're performing like that at that kind of level for that long and then you're also thinking about your own job and stuff at the same time you're going to, like no wonder they're shattered and so there is, there is going to come a point where probably some of those more senior players who have done a lot of the carrying of the team for a long time are going to get to a point where where until their only job is to be ready to play rugby then they're going to hit a point where they can't do it yeah I'll, we'll circle back to that in a bit I think the other thing I thought, Craig, was that some of the decision making was a little bit off as well. And it just there was a couple of times when, particularly, I mean, if you look at the stats, right, the points to visit to the twenty-two, Italy got four point two points every time they were in the Scotland twenty-two. Scotland came away with one point two. Yeah, and you look at the number of times Scotland were in the twenty-two in scoring positions, and had Italy under a lot of pressure and didn't come away with points was really disappointing. I think there was a couple of times when they could have put more pressure on in the mall and yeah. might have even got a penalty try out of it yeah. um, because Italy were all over the place and the ball came out and it was yeah. too early. Yeah. Um, there was another couple of times where they just didn't take the right option. I think there's one point in the kick to touch when actually taking three points and taking over the scoreboard would have been a you know would have been the right choice. So little things like that, I think, are letting them down as well. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, um, <clears throat> it was a, it was a very frustrating performance for, for those who are watching it. And um, I'm going to park all the discussion about, yeah, you know, you know the, the, if they were full-time and they were this, that and the other. Because the, the problem I have is I'm very, quite frustrated at the moment because we are going to be in a situation we are we are facing being last in the Six Nations again, um, subject to a game in, in in Dublin, and the you know we the the players that that are playing at the moment, where they play, they most of them play for a perfect for professional teams. Um, they are better. Than the results, especially when, as you say, when they were entering the um, uh, entering the twenty-two and making some fairly either poor decisions or poorly coached decisions, um, they were whenever they tried to put pressure on 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 Italy, it went wrong, um, and there were little bits and pieces like you know I think we had three uh, three lineouts 
real pressure line outs. We're, we've got the ability to score, and it was a squint, you know, it was a squint throw um, from 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 Skeldon. So you, you find those issues happening, and as a, as a fan, uh, you, you get frustrated, and and those are the sort of coach killer moments um, within games that really drive the coaches mad that, that, that are being mis- that, that, that are happening and yeah they're tired and I understand that but they're, they're meant to be internationalists and, and they're meant to perform to the highest level as they possibly can and and so for me it was this game was there for the taking and they didn't take it they 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 they, they, all, they almost um bottled it's the wrong word because that's that's a really negative one but it, they, they they just didn't perform to the highest level um, I, I've got to say Molly Wright was absolutely fabulous mm-hmm. for her first start um, on uh, on the t- on the loose head, um, and Evie Gallagher who was playing playing in her first start at number eight because um, uh, because uh, Jade was uh, Jade's now injured um, with a rib injury. You know she was fabulous as well. So I think that what was good is you're seeing some of the forward pack. Coming in for the the old guard, and they're actually performing to a very very good level, and so we're not losing any of that side of things. But I don't know if that was. It seemed to be more the fact of, and 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 to go back to what you said, Cami, it it it, it almost looked like the old the the elder players, as in the players that have they've got the most caps, decided we're going to do this ourselves and we're going to get on with it, and it and that's where the wheels fell off. I think. Yeah, and I think it's that expectation, isn't it, Johnny? That actually because this team have now qualified for a world cup because over the last 12 to 18 months they've been putting in performances because i suppose over the course of the six nations they've been competitive even against france and england they've had periods of time putting these teams under pressure and the you know you look at the wales result was close this game was close we've come away with a losing bonus point that the frustrating thing is that there are thereabouts there are decision the the one decision there one accurate pass away from winning these games and that's that i mean that's going to frustrate them but i think as a fan watching that's what's frustrating yeah um i actually felt probably more annoyed at the end of that game on saturday than i think i would have been had the men lost to italy this year which is which is really weird because italy women and scotland women are a lot closer together in terms of performance than than the men's teams are but i don't know just for for some reason that was a it was a real sickener on saturday night because there have been some great performances and you know we don't want to keep coming back to the circumstances that the women's team are in but when you consider what they're up against they've done really really well hmm. and you know like craig says that was a game that that was there to be won and it just felt like a real heartbreaker to not win it. Yeah. And that, and we can talk about that. And I think we should. I think it's right we talk about it every week. I think it's good. You know, I think you're right, Craig. We shouldn't open with it. We should analyse the game as we would do with any other game. But I think it would be remiss of us not to keep talking about it. And I think that we've said this every week, but the worry for me is... Brilliant with their even if we finish last, the fact that they if they give them good account of themselves against Ireland, I uh, you know end up last. You think, well, do you know what? Then we're there or thereabouts with with three out of the three out of the other five. 
that's that's fine. There's something to work on. My concern is that those other three teams are are, in, are potentially investing more than we are and seem to have more of a an idea and more of a commitment to women's rugby. And then we're only twelve months out of you know them turning up and being having more time together, having more price time. I guess that's that's the worry is that I don't, I don't see. There's still nothing coming out of the SRU. Of what what are they actually doing? Everything's still just kind of little bits and pieces from the squad itself. Yeah, I, the, the problem I have is that that the SRU seem to be thinking that if they put their fingers in their ears and cover their eyes, um, they don't need to talk about it. And I think we're you know we, we, I mentioned earlier on on Twitter about you know you look at. Um, I've forgotten the girl's name, but the one of the Irish players put a wee post up that was then oh, retweeted by, yeah, by yeah, um, which was back at work on Monday morning. You know, and and it, I think it's it's got to the point where you know if we we need to start engage, you know, world rugby need to start engaging in this because it really is it makes world rugby looks look pretty stupid. But what ups, what upsets me the most about it all is the fact that it just makes the SRU look like um, what we all say they are when we're in the pub and we're having a pint and we're saying, oh, typical SRU, they're all blazers and chinos and old men at the top who don't think women should be playing rugby. And and, and that isn't the case. You know, there are some fantastic people working within the SRU who are engaged with women's rugby and are working incredibly hard with women's rugby and uh, engaging at the, you know, in the the mini sections and in the the junior sections and also with women's rugby as a whole. There's there's an acceleration of teams really coming through. There's, you know, from when I first started um, with the How Harlequins, um, to where we are now, there's a there's a, a full set of regional leagues that that used to be National Division Two, which is now a set of region, regional leagues with plenty plenty um, teams there, and they're all feeding through. The problem we have is we don't seem to we're doing it there because it doesn't cost that much money, and this is what annoys me is the fact that you know the SRU need to engage and need to say right. This is where we're going, but they don't say either that or they're going to turn around next week after the at the end of the Six Nations and say this is our new plan for the rest of the year and and, and for the future. Well, that would be great, but but and that would be great. And and if and if it turns out that is the plan and they've told the women at the start of the tournament that was going to be the plan, then brilliant. And and yeah. you know, and it's that that's great. But I th- I, at the minute, as far as we can tell, from a, from a publicity point of view, there's. The other unions have all managed to announce during during or pre-tournament the commitment, the financial commitment they're making to the women's game. And all we've had from the SIU is quotes from Brian Eason when he's been asked about it and a quotes from some players as they've been asked about it. There's been no public statement from the SIU about the future of women's rugby. And in fact, this week we've had the URC saying they've had some sort of away day mm. where they've decided where the the you know said, Well, what what does the future of our tournament look like? And the consistent <clears throat> suggestion that's come up from within the URC. I, those staff working at the URC is we need a women's league. Yeah. And the URC have basically had to come out begging, saying, we'd love to do this. We think it would work. We think it'd be a great product to add to what we're doing already. But we need these unions to buy in. And that's a really yeah. it's a really it's it feels like a really strange backwards way to approach it, right? That the, the the league, who in effect are owned by the unions, are having to go to the unions to say, 
you know we could do this right yeah. it'd be great if they could do it like the 100 and have them like the same 16 teams and playing on the same days and stuff because that looked like really yeah. really good fun last year but the problem is that and it should be the other way around the union should be going to the ERC saying we'd like to do a league do you reckon you can yeah. support us with it but it's it's yeah. the it's the league which isn't i mean you know the league's just a an administrative combined administrative function of all the unions anyway it's essentially the, they're their own staff telling them what to do and to get on with it which is i don't know it just feels a bit disheartening i'd rather yeah. it was the yeah, yeah and I, 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 but this is the thing though and this is this is where sorry johnny i've cut you off and, and I'll, yeah, yeah. i apologize but this is this is what annoys me about it all and uh, God, we might be going over old, old ground but the, the issue seems to be that the unions are sitting back until pressure builds and public pressure builds and then they begrudgingly do it mm. and this is this is what uh, this is what pisses me off sorry this is what what rips my knitting um, <laughs> is the fact that they they haven't, you know, I know players who have played for Scotland in the days when men stood at the side of the pitch and folded their arms and went, I don't even why you're playing that game, huh, uh, darling, and all this, that, and the other. I know how strong those women were at that time, and they got no recognition. We're moving forward. I would just like the SIU to embrace it and say, here we go. We've got we've got four tests coming up in the in the autumn series, one of which which is a which is an added extra again. Why don't we use that as our money raising? You know, we're going to raise that if it's a sellout. We're going to raise use all of that money for for the international for the Scotland international women's team and fully fund it for five years. Yeah, the WIU reckoned they'd make three to four million off the last time they played the All Blacks. Yeah. Yep. So the thing just... that really, really worries me, if if and when World Rugby do get involved, is the rate that these other unions are becoming professional and having teams full of full-time professionals. In men's rugby, you wouldn't let a team of amateurs rock up and scrummage against a full professional outfit. No. Nope. You just wouldn't nope. because it's dangerous. Nope. So yep. we're going to get to a point where there are serious, fully professional international teams and Scotland and Ireland are going to be sending out amateur players and, and someone's going to turn around and go, no, sorry, that's not happening. We you, need you, to catch up. Yeah, and yeah. you've got you've, you've got a really, you know, okay, I, I know how the process works and and, and, and when you're injured, um, you, you're covered insurance-wise and this, that and the other and, and the SRU have things in place. But there's Jenny Maxwell, for example, and, and Jenny, speedy recovery. Um, a horrendous um, injury at, at, at the weekend. Um, and you've got to think of not only is her playing career curtailed there now, but her career alongside it is curtailed mm-hmm. because she can't go to work because she's got and she's got all this rehab to do. She's got all this maybe maybe if she has to go for um, um, for operations etc. So that's there's two knock on effects there. Now if she was a fully paid professional. All she's got to do now is is get through the what, her recovery and then start her rehab, and, and that's what she's got to concentrate on. But she's now got to try and concentrate on rehabbing, getting back to work, uh, earning money so she can keep a house over her head. You know, all these different things. And I know that we keep going on about this, but I think the yeah, and I think the worry, the big worry for me is now is you know it's 
it's now, right? And we've said yeah. this is the time to do it. And the problem is that last time there was a big shift in world in rugby across the world towards professionalism. Scotland massively missed the boat, and it's taken yeah. twenty years for 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 the men's game to catch up, yeah, and to get to a point where we're you know we're competitive now, right? But the, you know we were rubbish through the two thousands and most of the twenty tens, and that you could put that squarely back on the fact that the SRU messed up professionalism. Glasgow, we went to the Glasgow in the Pro Twelve. Was that twenty twelve? Uh, yeah, thirteen. But I it was you know, think how long? Fifty. Oh yeah, that's fifteen years it took. You know, a, a Scottish team to win the Pro 12, 14, or the Celtic Nations or whatever it was, mm. and it's because they messed up professionalism. And, and potentially, you could set back women's rugby by fifteen years if you don't get it right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. The Edinburgh fan knows when it was. But you know, that's the issue: is we're behind the curve already. Yeah. And you know, it's it's just you know, and, and it's it's turning up, and you can see it. We've got phenomenal players, players who are putting in a huge amount of hard work, putting a lot of sacrifice to, to wear the jersey. Um, but now it's a point where they, you know we need to be concentrating on getting um, them focused solely on rugby. And if they, uh, we're, we're, we're just as Johnny said earlier on, we're so close, so yeah. close. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there because I feel like we're probably gonna carry on ranting about this in hands in the ruck and, and I've I've already had I've, I've already had to mark the time where I'm gonna to have to bleep you, Craig, and I can feel you building up a head of steam. So before you <laughs> before you disgrace yourself on the main pod, we'll move on to uh, we'll move on to hands in the ruck in a moment on the Patreon only podcast. Um so thank you everybody who's listened to the main podcast. Um if you're watching this live as a Patreon. Uh, hang about we normally have a wee short comfort break and then we'll carry on with the podcast if you're listening on the patreon pod and you uh, aren't watching live then you can just listen to the second part in a separate episode uh however for everybody that's just joining us for the main podcast it's goodbye from this week we will be back next week with uh, a review of the urc we, we'll talk about super six now we do have time to talk about super six this week i might have a little rant and hands in the rock about that um and we'll we'll talk about the women's island game as well but for the moment it's goodbye from me and goodbye from craig and johnny all right all right got just Right then, so it's just uh, just a Patreon pod now. Uh, I'm going to take a very, very short comfort break. So I'll be back in two minutes and then we'll crack on with that pod.